Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, back with another edition of the Fourth Man Podcast. And it's crunch time in the big three right now. We're heading into week seven. Two teams have been eliminated. And we have another great episode for you today. Obviously, if you've read the title, you know who we have on the show today. We have Jordan Crawford, the one of the best bucket getters in the big three. And just really cool opportunity with a chance to talk to someone that's not only having a lot of success in the big three, that had a lot of success playing in the NBA, now kind of in the later stage, I guess later stage of his career, really just being a guy who's been in the league and been in basketball for a long time. So just someone who's had success in the NBA, having success in the big three, had success overseas. It was really cool just to sit down and talk with him. Along with that interview, we also got to talk about Hesse God breaking the single game scoring record. We also take a look at the standings and talk about the big wins that happened in this week's this week's season in Boston, and then also to look back on the two eliminated teams and what went right, what mostly unfortunately went wrong for those two teams that were eliminated. So we're going to get into all of that. Before we do, if you're not already, make sure you're following the show at Fourth Man Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads at 4th Man Pod. Most of the updates, most of the player transactions, a lot of highlights here recently have been coming. On that channel, a big shout out to Legendary K3. I think I'm mispronouncing or butchering that username, but big shout out to him. He's been doing a lot of great work. So if you're not following, we're doing a lot of collabs and you're seeing a lot of highlights from the weeks ahead. We just He just put out one with Hezzy God that's really blowing up, really getting to showcase kind of not just the big move that he had on Tony Allen, but also to the, just the game overall that he has. So a big shout out to him. I want to make sure I get his name right. Legendary3KW is actually the name on Instagram, so you make sure you're following him as well. But if not, make sure you're following the fourth man to see all those great highlight videos that are coming out. Also, if you want to watch the show, if you're more of a YouTube podcaster, youtube.com slash fourth man pod, make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell over there. And for everyone at Believe, we just want to say a big thank you to you guys, as always, for giving us a platform to talk big three basketball. All right, let's jump into it. First area, first topic of discussion today, Hesse God in his fourth game and his fourth week in the big three breaks a single game scoring record. And he hasn't even made it back to his hometown in Charlotte. That's coming up here in week seven, 35 points and a big win against three's company that breaks the record that was previously owned by Joe Johnson, who had 34 points against power back in week two of 2021. Hesse God does it here in his fourth game in week six and a really crucial game. I mean, they got off to a great start in this one kind of continued that momentum. And even when it felt like the second half was a little bit slower because he got up to such a hot start, he really ramped it up. And another game winner, I think that's his third game winner in four weeks. All three of the wins that he's contributed to for Trilogy have been game winners. And he this one is the most meaningful because he's breaking a record now in the big three. 35 points out of 50 points. Now, it's been really interesting. As I mentioned earlier, legendary 3KW, he made a post and it's, it's collabed with on our page, so you can find it on our page, but recommend you follow him as well as he does highlights for other leagues outside the big three. 
But it's been a, lo a lot of debate on and a little bit of hate, maybe not even a little bit, a lot of it. It's been so many notifications that we're used to on our platform, but just uh, uh, more hate than expected on, on what has he got to do. And despite dominating the league, it's pretty wild. Um, you know, there's a little bit of discrediting of that has he got, you know, made this great move on Tony Allen, who's 41 years old. He's not the same guy anymore, but he's doing this on everybody right now in the league. He's, he's getting to his spots. He's scoring over great defense. He's doing step back threes, getting to the cup. Doesn't really matter right now. Hezzy God's getting what he wants to. So a lot of people are just seeing the move that he made on Tony Allen. But the guy scored 35 points. You think Tony Allen was covering the whole game? He's not even playing a majority of the game. So pretty wild that even when he's doing it on the big stage, when he's doing it at a professional level, still backlash. But, hey, as we've seen in the NBA and we've seen with NBA players, you're going to get backlash regardless of what you do. You can't impress everybody. Not everyone's going to love you. And – we are here just to give Hezzy God his flowers because obviously had a great sit down with him last week in Miami. Big win that in that game. But to take down a threes company team that really needed a win that's headed by Mario Chalmers and Michael Beasley, who Michael Beasley in his own right has been a great player, uh, really in the MVP conversation this year, doing it on both sides of the ball. Hezzy God still able to put up 35 points. So big shout out to you, Ryan. That's really impressive. And 35 is a tall task for whoever's going to break that record next. Next, we've seen some 30-point games before. I thought 34 was, you know, a, a kind of a tough ask for anyone to try to break. We saw Dante Green almost do it with killer threes against Bivouac a few years back. But now 35 points and to do it on the game winner, it just goes to show that, you know, there's not really a lot of opportunity to go out there and get 30, let alone 35. So, I wouldn't be surprised if that record holds for a little while, especially with now the league being a little bit more established. Some, a lot of great veterans and, and hoopers coming into the league, uh, but also to a lot of a lot more strategic play in the league, like oh, just getting a lot of guys involved and uh, not so much running just like one on one ISO game. But you know we do have more teams that are running flows and actions and and moving the ball a little bit more than we had in the past. So, man, I, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's ever. I guess I should say, I think someone will beat it at some point just because this league continues to elevate, but I don't know if it's going to be two years from now, like it was for Joe Johnson. I'm, I'm, it was just an amazing game. And one of the more impressive wins of this season, a couple more impressive wins that we saw as we now have seven teams in the league sitting at four and two enemies and killer threes, both take down, but only at the time, only four win teams with enemies beating power by 10 and killer threes, dominating triplets 51 to 33 really a dominant second half i should say headlined by another great performance frank nitty who had 27 points seven rebounds five assists i should say 28 points excuse me and frank that was probably his best game of the season um you know he's really a team guy who kind of does a little bit of everything but this one he really just got in his bag and went to work i i feel like killer threes as a team, uh, just talking to Miami, we're a little bit let down of how that game played out against enemies. I heard a couple guys say that they just kind of lacked energy more than they're used to. And for Frank to come out and just kind of assert himself as a captain, you know, other guys obviously doing their parts, but Frank really putting on a big performance, really just willing them to win. Uh, impressive win over a very impressive triplets team. And to create even more parity, enemies with the help of Elijah Stewart, who had 19 Jordan Crawford, who was big down the stretch, 
uh, getting buckets, but throughout the game, just doing a good job of creating that tempo or controlling that tempo. I'm um, getting his other guys involved. Get a 10-point win over a power team that's been very, very impressive as well. So now four teams at seven, uh, four and two, excuse me, heading into week seven with Ghost Ballers and Ballhogs also getting with wins respectively. Ghost Ballers doing it over three-headed monsters and Ballhogs doing it over Big Black, another team that needed a win. So a lot of teams, I think they understand the ramifications of losing right now, but I, I even think more so that they understand the benefits and the position they're in to now control their own destiny. And so teams took care of business this week. We're going to see who's at the top. Pretty much, I put this out earlier this week on a post, but with four teams at four and two, it would come down to point differential. I think a lot of people are confused um, because I guess maybe it hasn't been as clear as to, maybe it hasn't been as clear if you're just tuning in here and there, as to what really separates the teams that are tied. But point differential is the biggest difference maker here. So killer threes, despite enemies beating them, do have the best point differential at plus 40. I think it's plus 48, actually, to be exact. Maybe plus 44. I can't remember exactly. But they're actually sitting at the top, sitting at four and two with the best point differential. That's followed by ball hogs and ghost ballers and enemies. So that would mean that two teams are would be making the playoffs for the first time if the season if the standings ended today or if the season ended ended today. Excuse me, can't get it all out. Based on how the standings are, Ghost Ballers would be making it for the first time since 2017, the inception year. And then Killer Threes would be making it for the first time since they made the championship in 2019. So honestly, that would be a pretty, pretty fun little playoff game to watch or playoff series to watch just because there's a lot of teams that we're not used to seeing in the playoffs. Now I think Triplets and Power are going to have something to say about it. Obviously, the defending champion trilogy, back-to-back champions, are going to have something to say about it with Hezzy God coming in when the team was one and one yeah so you know he had to get his feet feet wet a little bit playing alongside briscoe now kind of being the main scorer seeing what he can do he's on a tear and uh it's going to be interesting to see who can stop him what's interesting also too in week seven is we're gonna have two more teams eliminated but it's really the the final two and four teams which are bivlac threes company and tri-state all at two and four right now they're kind of duking it out to kind of get that final position that i guess it would be that eighth spot and hopes of just keeping their name in the hat. We'll see how things unfold. But, you know, I, I don't know if there's a world where everybody could be four and four and somehow one of those teams get in. But, hey, you fight to you fight to the end. And so that'll be kind of an interesting sidebar to just kind of keep your eyes on which two and four team can, can last the longest at this point and maybe even just get to a four and four record, at least put themselves in, in position depending on what happens. Who knows? We got a couple of uh, four and two teams playing each other. We got a few two and four teams playing four and two teams, or one two and four team playing a four and two team. The other two two and four teams are definitely duking it out to kind of get their that final eight spot there. But unfortunately, we did lose two teams this week who were at the bottom of the standings. We we saw three headed monsters and aliens both being dropped off, eliminated, and ending their season after six weeks and pretty, pretty wild. I think two things to think about is that one, three headed monsters has never missed the playoffs. This will be the first year in the big three's existence that three headed monsters will miss the playoffs. So pretty, pretty insane. Um, obviously they took a huge hit earlier in the year with Kevin Murphy going down with a sprained MCL PCL. And so they've been kind of reshuffling their lineups continuously throughout the year. Similar to Aliens, who didn't have Kosha Mushidi to start the year. He was their co-captain. He only played three games. And they've been doing a lot of shuffling as well from the beginning, having the, the roster with the most players on their team. 
throughout the entire year. But they were a playoff team last year, made the playoffs for the first time. And so obviously some things have changed on that team. And ultimately they are the other team eliminated. Although they did get a huge win. They played spoiler to Tri-State. Uh, winning their one and only game of the year, 50 to 48 over Tri-State. I know that hurts Tri-State, who uh, didn't have Jason Richardson. Um, honestly, kind of surprised that they fell, but Dusan Boyd had a magnificent game, kind of closed out the season, even without Giannis Tima. And I just kind of want to take a quick look back at really the seasons for three of the Monsters and Aliens. For three of the Monsters, you're definitely surprised, but – Kevin Murphy is obviously a huge hit. You're surprised because you get the return of Reggie Evans. You have Richard Lewis and Kevin Murphy. And you bring in a couple guys in Jordan Adams and Robert Osher to start the year. And then Jordan Adams has to finish the season in Venezuela. Then a few weeks later, Kevin Murphy gets hurt. They try to make some changes, um, let go of Rob Dozier, bring in Jermaine Taylor. And they bring in Brandon Moss. And then they bring in Arthur Lubinovich. So it's just been kind of – I haven't really found their – Kevin Murphy, although Brandon Moss body bag has been extremely impressive. It does hurt to lose Kevin Murphy, but it's been kind of just not what you were expecting from the beginning in, in terms of for them thinking they had another ball handler and Jordan Adams to start the year. Um, Jermaine Taylor has obviously been on that team for a while, but you're expecting a little bit different, um, I guess, different type of player when from Jordan Adams, who had an incredible season, won a championship in Venezuela. And so I think kind of the reshuffling, getting Reggie Evans and Grain back into the lineup, Rashard Blue is kind of playing a different role, not having Mahmoud for the first time this year. It, it It's unfortunate. You know, it's unfortunate how the season went, especially thinking that Rashard has been in this league since the beginning, and so has Reggie Evans, and they've been so close to winning a championship. You're like, oh, this could be the year. Like, they put, a, put together a really good team, and you don't see the team that's expected. For aliens, it's kind of the same here. You know, you got Mushidi who had some visa issues, couldn't come over for the first three weeks. And you don't have Alonzo Gee, who you drafted at the beginning of the year. So you bring in Will Bynum and Tony Criswell. That wasn't supposed to be the makeup of their team. You kind of reshuffle at the last second. Um, you know, obviously, I think the really the biggest reason for them not returning the form is the loss of Deshaun Stevens and Carlos Osmanis. Couple of guys that made that team go, but with Carlos, you had another ball handler. Deshaun, you had the lob threat, kind of your defensive guy who was guarding your best players. And I think they really missed missed them both this year. Um, as we saw, I think uh Ivoshev missed Deshaun Stevens a lot. I think Dusan missed Carlos Osmanis a lot. And while Giannis Tima, who should definitely be consideration for rookie of the year with the magnificent season he had in the five games he played, you know. It, it kind of just readjusted how they were going to play as well. And I felt like, too, to add on to that, I felt like Dusan was a little bit not passive in a in the sense of, like, he wasn't – he didn't want to shoot, he didn't want to score, but he was trying to get these other guys involved to make sure that they were familiar with how they wanted to play and make sure that they were kind of rolling for the year. And ultimately, it just led to him taking less shots. Um, he didn't shoot the greatest from three, unfortunately, this year. And – I think a lot of those contributing factors led into aliens having a, uh, you know, a, a step back, a setback from what they did, and you know, um, aliens making the playoffs the first times last year. So, yeah, it, it, it's pretty crazy, but also too, um, at the same time, it, it's good. It's good to see that the league there's. It's good to see that the league is, is there's an influx of talent coming in, and that. It's unpredictable, you know. I mean, I don't want to see those teams not make the playoffs. I don't want to see those teams not 
or, you know, get eliminated as the first two teams to, to be let go in the season. However, I do think that it's just really a testament to how, how much growth this league is having uh, as the years go on, how much you really have to like change up things when things aren't going right and how much, you know, the teams continue to bring it and take this thing seriously to the point where you're not going to be able to predict who's going to be the top team year in and year out. I think we've seen that with triplets um, the past couple of years where I know they didn't have Joe last year, but triplets who looked like they were going to dominate the league for years to come, you know, that wasn't the case. They had kind of a, a two-year stretch. And then toward the end of the the second, the end of that second year stretch, teams are starting to figure out what, what uh, you know, how to kind of stop and slow this team down. So I think it's good for the league to have unpredictability. Um, obviously it hasn't been too unpredictable because Trilogy has won three of the six or the five championships. So in that regard, Trilogy always finds a way. However, that being said, it's good to see, you know, different teams making the playoffs. And it's good to see teams like, you know, trying to, change their personnel in order to make the playoffs for the first time or for the first time in a while. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. we got 10 teams left right now. It's looking like there could be at least two teams making the playoffs for the first time and Big left's technically still in the hunt. So we never know. It could be three teams. We don't know how the season will shake out. It'll just be tough. I think it'll really for any, for that one, two and four team, it'll come to them winning the rest of their games uh, as well as some of those four and two teams that are playing each other, you know, like whatever team loses, losing for a second straight league, or I guess it would have to be a couple of teams losing two weeks in a row and whatever two and four team to win out. So we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, I, I think we're geared up for a final, really good final two weeks here in the big three. And we've already seen some record. I I, I want to say this too. We've seen some record record performance is what I was going to say. But I want to say this, too. I think this past week in Boston was one of the best weekends I've personally seen watching this league from the beginning that we might have ever had. We had a great turnout in Boston from what I saw and from what everyone said. Record-breaking performances, ton of highlight moments. We saw a ton of ankle breakers. Michael Beasley put Amir Johnson on the ground. Maybe a travel, but they didn't call it, so I guess it's not a travel. Jordan Crawford had a great move in the corner. With his own cross-up, we saw Frank Nitty ankle breaker. Nice step-back three or step-back uh, Mitty from Doosan saw Ray Nixon in the corner, hit a triple and foul. I mean, I don't know, a bunch of highlight moments. We saw Brandon Moss, a couple of uh, huge dunks. So I want to say just a kudos to everybody who's embracing the league. If you're watching the league for the first time, kind of getting on board and realizing what this league's all about. I think it's just, it's cool to see. It's it's really cool to see how, how far this league has come. And despite, you know, some of the down years the past couple of years, just you know, coming out of the, not having a year during the pandemic. Uh, I was just really impressed from this past season. It was one of my favorite weeks to, to I guess, not necessarily be a part of, but to to see, you know, from my perspective. So really cool. I, I'm excited for what's to come in week seven. Has he got from Charlotte? He already put up a record-breaking performance. I mean, does he go and try to break out his own record? I don't know. It'd be, I guess I wouldn't be surprised at this point at what he's doing. He's, he's making it look easy right now. So we shall see what's to come in Charlotte, but some huge games coming up. Um, Ghost Ballers and Trilogy will be a huge game. Ballhawks and Triplets will be a huge game. Kill Threes and Power, another huge game. So that's three games that include four and two teams. And then you got Enemies playing Threes Company, not your average two and four team. And then Big Black and Tri-State, I think two angry teams right now, like sitting where they are. Uh, both teams have lost, or yeah, both teams have lost three or more games in a row. 
And I think both teams are angry to try to finish this out the season out the right way and at least put themselves in a position, even playing a little catch-up. So should be interesting. Um, all that being said, that's pretty much all I got for this half of the episode. We obviously, like I mentioned, we had a great conversation with Jordan Crawford, and I hope you guys enjoyed as well. Again, make sure you're following on, on all social media platforms. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Got some things coming still from the weekend in Miami. And so just make sure you're tuned in over there and tapped in. And uh, without further ado, let's get to our interview with top three scorer in the big three currently and enemies Jordan Crawford. Today, we're excited to welcome on the show longtime NBA vet. He's a top three scorer in the big three right now. Enemies Jordan Crawford. Jordan, again, I appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, it's been an unbelievable season so far. So I appreciate your time. Oh, man, appreciate it. Appreciate you having me, man. 100%. I had to. Um, you've been going crazy this year. Uh, yeah. We got a chance to meet Miami a couple weeks ago. And like I was just telling you, like, I think one of the best compliments, one of the highlights of the week is you just uh, – showing love, giving some flowers to me. And um, I really just wanted to say, you know, I, I we were trying to talk about it a little bit before the show, but this league, I think it's got the wrong stigma around it, the wrong narrative. There's a lot of really talented people in this league. And yeah. I think because of the way it was risen up, uh, people have the wrong idea about it. What's been your, I guess, just how are you feeling after kind of your, I guess, a year and a half in this league? And, and you know, what are your impressions on it now kind of, being where yeah. you're at in this league right now? Well, I mean, I followed it from day one. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I remember when it came to Detroit back in, like, 2019, and I went to it. And I always knew I was going to be in it. So, you know, it was just about the right time. And, you know, last couple of years I've been wanting to get in it. And, you know, I mean, it's basketball. You know, it's actually, you know, it's, you can get exposed. It's three on three. The court is real big. It ain't as small as you think. And, uh, I mean, it's competition. You know, you can't just go out there and one-on-one -on -one it to try to win. You know, you got to really come up with a strategy. It's a it's a game or you got to go to a certain score. So, you know, it's a lot of pressure on you. So, I mean, it's basketball. 100%, 100%. Definitely going to talk a lot of big three on this. But I want to rewind to kind of your heydays before, I guess, your journey to the big three, we'll call it, um, to a couple yeah. of moments. Obviously, I think a lot of people know you not only for your NBA career, but the dunk that you had on LeBron that mm -hmm. ultimately disappeared. Now, I know you talked about this a couple weeks ago to some guys at CBS, and you were kind of mentioning how you just kind of wanted it to disappear because you didn't want people to have the wrong story about it or for, mm -hmm. for it to get carried away with Twitter growing. I guess when you look at it now, I mean, what was, I guess, some other reasons why you didn't really want it to come out? I mean, I feel like it's one of the more legendary dunks on – maybe yeah. the greatest basketball player ever, as people say, but what are, what are some of the reasons that you kind of just wanted to be a thing of the past? I mean, I appreciate it now more than I did when it first happened, but mm -hmm. I mean, I was just, you know, locked in on how good I did play at the camp. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So once I did that dunk, it kind of took away from everything, but at the end of the day, it, you know, it put people eyes on me and then I got to follow it up with a good season at Xavier. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm always always been focused on my game. You know, even when people call me a bucket getter, it's like, nah, I'm really a point guard. I just know sure. my scoring affect the game. So, you know, that's I'm always I want people to be locked in on what's important and not a you know. 
Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. How did how did you do at that camp? Did that get you like a scholarship to Xavier, get some more colleges to uh, send you offers, or? Oh no, I was uh, I was already in college. It was my send off year. I mean, oh, okay. it was my sit out year. It was my okay. sit out year. So I had transferred from Indiana to Xavier. So once uh, that was in the middle, it was a sit out. I was coming off a sit out year, so it just got people, you know, attention back on me a little bit. Once I'm going in to play Xavier, okay. but it. You know, it did a lot for me in terms of just propelling me to a first-round draft pick. For sure. I was going to say, probably some NBA eyes on you after that, for sure, with something that major. Where do you feel like you would rank that dunk in your career, um, you know, just now? Well, a season well like back. career moment? You mean like career moments? Career moment, career dunks, you know. I may mean, shine. I ain't had that many dunks. Okay? <laughs> so that got to be one. But, you okay. know, uh. I mean, it's it's now I appreciate it. I mean, it's like it's the first thing people recognize me for. So, hundred um, percent. Yeah. The second moment I want to talk about is your time with New Orleans. I feel like this is a little underrated, but you got a chance to play with Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins, who, you yeah. know, a lot of people look at that duo as like a what could have been moment. Um, yeah. In your eyes, getting a, getting a chance to play alongside them, earning a contract after that ten day. How far do you feel like that team could have gone if they stayed healthy? Man, listen, if it wasn't for Alvin Gentry, that team could have won a championship. And I'm going to just keep it blunt like that. I mean, it had everybody, you know what I'm saying? And they end up cutting me and bringing me back. But from Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Drew Holiday, Rajon Rondo, me, Etuan Moore, you know what I mean? You had a team that was like, just had everything. So, you know, if it wasn't people in their small ways, man, I mean, we could have gotten New Orleans, the city of New Orleans a championship. Man, that's that's crazy. What what do you feel like Alvin's effect was that ultimately kind of maybe disbarred you from being able to go as far as y'all wanted to? I mean, you know, people, you know, you know, people's, you know, people be small minded, you know, they be caught up in themselves instead of thinking about the state of Louisiana, you know what I'm mm -hmm, saying? And mm -hmm. what it would have done for so many people there. So, I mean, you know, just didn't give us a full opportunity to, but that's, you know, that's, it's a lot of business that goes into basketball. For too. Sure. So, you know, it'd be all that, but it was a great team though. For sure. Yeah. I think we saw how that played out too with AD and kind of right before he left for LA, how he felt about yeah. his, uh, his time there in New Orleans toward the end. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about before we talk about the big three. Um, I thought this was cool because you just been kind of doing things in your own way. You've been staying in your own lane and, and getting to the point you're at, doing your things yeah. your way. Another moment is you wearing um, the big baller brand shoes. First person yeah. to do that outside of the ball family. What did you like yeah. about those kicks? Uh, were they just nice to hoop in? Or what was the interest for you even potentially signing with them at that time? I mean, it was it was, it was was the way LeVar Ball went about everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to get called crazy because you really out here trying to do something great. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that was my thing was just was supporting LeVar and him understanding like what everybody else trying to do for my kids, I can do for my kids. Right. So right. Th th then coming out with your own shoe and all that, I mean, it just, you know, and me, I'm a person that I respect people's hustle. I respect you not be getting caught up in what other people think and you still being able to be strong enough to go about things how you go about them if they're the correct way to do it. So 
Yeah. I mean, that was my whole thing into, you know, wearing the shoes. But, you know, then, you know, to be the first one other than them to wear them in the NBA game, you know, it just, it, you know, people be caught up in following, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it was good to just show my support and, you know, let LeVar know you're doing the right thing, man. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, like going back to your point, like LeVar was doing what was best for his sons, which was mm-hmm. lost in translation. But also, too, like you were saying, like everybody else wants to do it for him. And it's kind of just yeah. like the problem with today's culture is like everyone wants to jump on the train when it starts mm-hmm. going because they want to be a part of it before it gets too big. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, you got to think about the people involved in it, too, and how it, it, it affects them. So I love your yeah. your point of that, just like showing LeVar's love and like – also, too, just respecting the hustle. And, again, another person I feel like that just does it his own way, and we see, the like, the type of success that comes from it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a little bit you've been following the Big Three for a while. The first time you saw it was really in Detroit, where, where you're from. Um, yeah. I guess from that – at that point, like, re- what really intrigued you about it outside of just the fact of three-on-three, it's competitive league, and uh, what is something that you saw – early on, like, as a spectator that you didn't realize uh, now playing in it? Uh, I mean, it's – the big three is real intimate. So just, Mm -hmm. like, it's pretty much the same when you're watching it and when you're playing it. It's, like, the same thing. You Like, when you're watching it, you can see everything that's going on from the trash talking, from a player being frustrated or something. Like, so – being in it, I mean, you know, me watching it I already kind of knew what to expect. I mean, the behind the scenes of things like, you know, how to get to games and mm-hmm. the traveling, all that stuff you find out once you're in it. But just watching it, I just I knew it was legit basketball right away. You know, now it's just about getting a lot of quality players in there that can just make it from game one to game six exciting. Yeah. Who do you feel like would be a good addition to the league that maybe – people aren't thinking about too much. I think a lot of people get lost in like who isn't playing in the NBA right now that was recently playing and that's who should be playing. But as we've seen, like that doesn't always work out. Like, you know, they might not be in shape or they're not a best fit for a three on three. Who's someone that you'd like to see playing alongside you or against you? Well, I would love, you know, I'm definitely expecting to be a a captain of a team next year. You know what I'm saying? But Mm -hmm. Marshawn Brooks and Lou, Lou, I think, and Lou Will, they got to get in it. Just to, yeah, for them, for they sake, and to help the league. I mean, it's just it'll make the league look so much better. It showcase people game. You know what I'm saying? So them two, Marshawn getting in, and people haven't seen Marshawn playing in some years over in the states. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that'd be real exciting for him to get in. Yeah, it's crazy you say Marshawn. I've actually been following him for a minute, just wondering if there'd ever be an opportunity to see him playing it. Because yeah. like after I'm gonna get a minute. Okay. I'm gonna get okay. A minute. Yeah. I like that because he tore his Achilles and then he went crazy in China. Yeah. And again, one of those things that when you're playing overseas, it gets lost in the shuffle of like how well you're doing, you know, yeah. even though you're just coming off the NBA. So, man, if you're a captain, yeah, yeah I think it's a. Oh, yeah. yeah, we go, you know, we we going to get mm-hmm. us on the same team. We're going to really put on the show, man. Oh, man, that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> uh, that'd be dope. Um, let me talk yeah. about your uh, your first year last year. First off, You've had a couple of crazy drafts, but even the first one was the craziest because you weren't drafted in that. And yeah. what's, what's funny about that is we had Dante Green on our live draft show. And during that time, uh, this is no disrespect to anybody they picked, but after the draft had ended, 
we were talking about who didn't get picked, and it was like, why didn't nobody pick Jordan Crawford? I don't know if it was me who said it or if somebody else on the show. It's probably it. you. You're the only one that gave me my respect from the jump, <laughs> man. You know, it was you. It was you. <laughs> it, it might have been, but it was funny because Dante was like, oh, I, I forgot he was in the in the draft pool. Yeah. End up getting your opportunity, though, with enemies for a couple games while Elijah was out. How'd you get that opportunity? How'd it come about with enemies? I mean, I think, you know, I definitely think I don't really know. It had to be Nick or Gill, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, I think, you know, I make I make people uncomfortable, man. You know what I'm saying? So I think everybody knew what I was gonna do anyway when I got in the league. So, you know, people don't want me to still they shine, man. You know, okay. that's all it was. <laughs> but but you know, I've been knowing Nick since the wizard days and even being out yeah. in LA. So I mean, you know, had you know Nick, you know knew Nick know how much I love basketball. So you know, being on the team, and, and it's you know it happens, it happens like this for a reason. Because I mean, I wouldn't want to be on no other team, honestly. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. it, it worked out for back back in the draft this year uh, again. Crazy draft because surprised you dropped to the second round after your two three game stint. You know, had 17 points in your first game. Did you have a good feeling you were going to be back with enemies regardless of them um, going with Quincy? Because I know that's a Zeke's boy. But did you yeah. have a feeling you'd be back with enemies? Uh, or were you kind of surprised that you dropped all the way to the second round for them to be able to get you on their team? I ain't had no clue for real. I wasn't really paying attention to it. I know mm-hmm. I put my name in it just to make sure I was in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, I, you know, I don't be talking to nobody. So I didn't know if I was going to be in it or not. But when I did, you know, being back with that team, you know, it, it fits best because sometimes teams be doing too much and coach try to overcoach. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just like how it played out because I'm even showing, you know, that I ain't just a scorer. I get to, you know, control the game. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Let people know, like, I show people why even my team, you know, I knew going into this year, how I can get them to understand was like, okay, I'm gonna kill these first couple games. Then once y'all start taking it serious, I'm gonna chill and get y'all going because we just trying to win for real. So yeah, you know it worked out. Uh, now you're getting the chance to play with Elijah, who I feel like is a, another underrated guy in this league. I mean, he yeah. does well. He's had some viral moments in this league, but I don't feel like he gets the flowers he deserves a lot of the times. How is it just yeah. playing with him, and what do you think of his game? Being his I teammate? mean, he make it. Yeah, he make it easy on me for sure because I know he can go score at any time. So that means I ain't got to put pressure on myself coming out the gate scoring. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the, you know, the way he blocks shots, the way he can check the best player, he just make it to where, you know what I'm saying, we get him doing that. You know, he do all the one-on-one and locking up the best player. And I control the other two guys, and, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So he make it, make it easy on me to where we can just know how to go get this 50 first. Yeah, I feel like uh, Nick has taken it a little bit more seriously. I don't know if that's because he's like a player coach now and doesn't have to play yeah. as much. Um, I don't know if it's because Gil's not there and he doesn't have yeah. to crack jokes with. But what's it like just having Gil as a coach, Nick as, I guess, the player coach, just yeah. kind of like, you know, behind you and in your corner uh, for this team? This I year? mean, it, yeah, they basketball players, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Basketball players that proved that they elite at what they do. So mm-hmm. it's good to be in a you know a room with them because you get to kick it with players you respect. That's you know, yeah. So, but then like you know it be got, you know this is this is a transition for everybody. So guys be kind of filling stuff out. You know what I'm saying? I think I really helped 
them in a way where I came in and showed how serious I was taking it. Yeah. So it made everybody else be like, okay, we can take this serious. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it made it, and everybody's starting to have fun. You know, we kick with each other off the court and all that. So mm-hmm. people seeing, you know, that is it can be useful. Yeah, that's what's up. I want to rewind to something that you said a second ago because you mentioned that there's some coaches in this league that kind of overdo it. They think about it too hard, and that can sometimes yeah. hurt the team. Rewind yeah. back to week two. You guys were playing ball hogs. You guys had a pretty nice lead on them. And then yeah. towards the end, ended up getting tied. And I think there's a, a video somewhere at, at the moment where you can hear you being like, let's not overcomplicate it. Let's just give me the ball and I'll go score. Yeah. Kind of take me back to that huddle to like the first game winning shot that you hit this year in the big three. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing about going to a certain score. You know, you get tight at the end. You know, them last mm-hmm. eight points, yeah. last 10 points seem like 40 points, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sometimes. And even me, you know, I don't be playing basketball, you know, like I be in and out of basketball. So when you get back into something where it's serious like that, you have to remember like, okay, if this go, you know, if we going to end it, we're going to end it now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was more of a thing like me understanding that I had to end it right then so people yeah. wouldn't get more tight. And mm-hmm. so it was just me locking in, hey, look, let me do this so we can get this win. And, you know what I'm saying? Everybody be more, you know, cool out. Do you feel like that showed, like, a level of, like, seriousness to the rest of the team to the point where everyone's like, all right, like, JC's locked in. Like, you know, yeah. we've been trying to lock in, but things haven't necessarily rolled our way in the past. But, like, we might have something special here. Yeah, for sure. It helped. I think every, like, those first four weeks, you know, I can bring, like, even the first game when we played Trilogy, you know, it was important for me to show that I, that, you know, I'm the best player out here. Even if yeah. we ain't win, I still sent the message the first week. Second week, we needed to win, sent the message. Third week, we lost, but I played – I was still playing good, so it's sending a message that, look, I'm here every week. You got to pay attention to me. And I think that, you know, with Q, with Isaiah, with, you know, Elijah, Nick, everybody, they, as that's building up over time, they're like, all right, I see what he on. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah and then. And then it got Q wanting to be like, nah, I'm still playing now, you know? So it yeah. got everybody locked in to where it's like, nah, not, now I can do my thing. So yeah, now yeah, I well, like, you know, we can beat anybody. I know. I feel like all, you guys are, like, all in sync now. Y'all are playing your best. Like, I felt like Q got off to a little bit of a slow start, too, trying to figure out what his role was for this team in comparison yeah. to the team he was playing with last year. This is the best enemies team in the franchise history. This is the first time they've won more than three games. What do you feel like is is different outside of you being able to play a full season? What do you feel like is different about this team that can really propel y'all to, you know, the first playoff berth for an enemy's team? Yeah, I mean the guys starting to, the guys starting to like you know just want to do it because it, it it do become work. Like these weeks come by, they go <laughs> fast. Like yeah. the game be you know so instead of you know people come in there kind of on some vacation type vibe, mm-hmm. and then you know. As you, when you see guys start coming together, taking practice serious, going to eat, you know what I'm saying, kind of little stuff in huddles. You just understand, just over. It takes time for people to, you know, realize like, okay, we can come together and do this because it's, you know, it's hard work. So yeah, once you, you get used to the hard work, it become you know natural. And I think that's kind of where we at right now. I feel that it's a it's a business trip at this point, where it's not yeah. so much like the vacation part until you know after yeah. the game potentially. Yeah. 
what a I was going to ask someone having played in the NBA now having played you know pretty much a full season in the Big Three with your, your your few games last year, what what do you feel like is something that people don't understand about the Big Three that uh, maybe gets lost and and like just watching it? I guess like the way I'm trying to put it is like I feel like we talked a little bit at the beginning that there's like certain narratives or stigmas around the league yeah. that like people are getting lost in translation. I mean, even dating back to a couple of years ago, Isaiah Thomas felt like it was disrespectful that we thought he'd be a, a good fit potentially for the big three yeah. um, and went on Twitter and, and felt disrespected by it where it was no disrespect. So where do you feel like something gets lost in translation about the league that you're noticing and, and, and feel like people would actually like it more than the outside looking in? I mean, it's basketball. You're going to have to, you're going to have to prepare. You can't just go in here. It ain't no, can't just go into the league and just think you can take it over and win it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's basketball. You gotta, you gotta be in shape. You gotta get with your team. You gotta be in sync with your, you know, teammates. You know what I'm saying? So the reason why people it probably got a bad stigma is because people are so small minded. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm somebody that look at myself. I keep myself on a high level. I don't think nobody should play with me in, when it comes to my name. But I know how dope the big three is, so I know what I can add to the big three. Yeah, yeah. Now, Isaiah for sure. Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, you can add to the big three, but the fact that you just so locked in on thinking I need to be in the NBA, you you making yourself seem smaller. You know what I'm saying? So it's the open mind you gotta go into with something. Like, I mean, you know, it's I'm I I'm Jordan Crawford without the NBA. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? So that's what mm -hmm. let me know I can come to the big three. And it's everything about this is elite. You mm -hmm. travel first class, hotels, how you get to and from games. Everything is elite about right. the big three. So mm -hmm. it's just all in, you know, your head. A lot of, you know, a lot of people in the NBA that play in the NBA, they only, you know, they still just look up almighty. You know, they hold it on the pedestal and not understanding like, no, the big three is the big three. Yeah, it's not so much as looking at the big three as like a small league, but looking at yourself as like, I'm a big player. I'm a big time player. I've played against the best of the best. Like, yeah. I'm going to bring a lot to the table. I like that yeah. that mindset. I think it's yeah. it's something that as the league continues to grow, I think a lot of people will start to to realize yeah. as well. I mean, they have to. Everything is elite. The commentators, the like, it sounds like a real game when you're watching it. Yeah. You know what they're talking about. I mean, everything is, you know. You just, you know, you got to get – and that's what Cube is going through. He's trying to build something, mm -hmm. and he's trying to build it in a world where so many small-minded people, you know. Then it's a guy like you that come around that's like, you know, support. you like, oh, I see. I can make a podcast off the big three, and I'm going to be the only one that's following every – you know what I'm saying? You yeah, add, yeah. People see the value. Yeah, the value is, is more towards, like, I, I think there's a, a lot of talented people that – I would like to see personally play, you know, at a normal time and a normal schedule in the States against other talented players. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I come from, I don't want to say I come from a small town, but I come from a smaller town, not from a big city or anything. And back in my day, I used to be a journalist for uh, like a city that wasn't recognized as much. Like there wasn't a lot of colleges coming out there and being like, Hey, let's sign this guy unless they were playing at a private school. So, yeah. you know, for me, I was put on for a lot of people back then. I kind of think that's been my mindset too, is like, 
you know, not that you guys don't have big enough likeness or name at this point to be able to put on for yourself, but it's kind of just like making other people that like we're talking about a little bit, not thinking so much outside of the box, making them realize like, hey, like you're missing out on a great league where you're still getting a lot of like a lot of good ball. Like if you love hoops, like you should be watching this. There's, yeah. there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's kind of my thought process. Yeah, for sure. And that's why people people paying attention to what you're doing, man. You covering it just like any top coverage. You know what I'm saying? You knowing what a player is giving. Like even before I got in the league, when I see you say a couple of things about me, like who should go first pick? You were saying I should go first pick because you was like, man, if Jordan is still Jordan, I mean, he's only 34. I know. If he's still Jordan. I mean, I, he's going to be one of the best players in this league. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think that's, that's another thing that gets lost, too, is like guys doing the NBA stuff at like 18, 19 years old. They think 34 is old. And I'm like, yeah. man, no. I mean, I'm 28, 29. I still feel like I'm 22. You know, I'm yeah. sure you kind of feel like you're still 25, maybe yeah. younger. You know, like you're still feeling good. So, yeah, I appreciate appreciate you just kind of showing some love there. And it's really oh, just yeah. about putting on for the players at the end of the day. That's that's my mentality. It's just showcasing the league. Um, speaking of the league, got a big week seven coming up, playing threes company, a team that's two and four, but it doesn't feel like they should be two and four. I think some things just, they can't necessarily put two great halves together. It feels like it's, it's their biggest challenge. But, yeah. you know, I'm sure you guys don't take anybody lightly. Obviously they have two great, you know, a lot of great players, but they have Michael Beasley and the Mario Chalmers of the world. Yeah. What do you feel like is – or how do you feel like you're approaching this game and what do you feel like will make you guys successfully get against them in order to get to five and two and really put yourself in a good spot? Well, we know this, you know, could be their last game, so we know they're going to play hard. And, you know, Mike Beasley, you know, you always got somebody that can, you know, turn on the switch. But, I mean, you know, with us, you know, I think it's just – if we if we, if we we do us as far as, like, attacking the score and then not just giving up nothing easy, it's going to be hard, you know, for anybody to beat us. But we know that's a team, you know, they just, they got Perry Jones now. Mm. You know, they got Tony Allen who by week by week is getting in more shape. So, I mean, we know, we know they players with experience. So, you know, just about understanding that every week going to be hard. And, yeah. and once we get used to playing to win every week, I mean, you know, it's going to be fun. You know, so yeah. we just go into it like that, kind of just understanding every matchup. Every game going to be its own game and, you know, just play from start to finish. Facts. Yeah, I think Perry, he's playing against his boys, you know, his yeah. Baylor boys. This is his old team, you know. He's been yeah. out of the league for a little bit, his old team. So he might be putting on, you know, for yeah. his final game. So maybe yeah. that's the dude to watch out for. Uh, I really like what y'all y'all are doing, though, because like you mentioned, like you came out more aggressive as a scorer, but – as we've noticed, as we've seen in the league, like, you know, you're a point guard first. You're mm. pass first guy more than I think people realize. And I think that was really showcased a lot early in that last game against Power before late in the game when you make a couple mm. plays. Kind of hit Glenn Rice Jr. with a little bit of a, yeah. <laughs> a little cross up there and uh, ultimately able to win. So, uh, yeah, I like, it. I like it where your team's at. I feel like I always had a lot of faith in enemies, and I feel like they always let me down. So it was like – yeah. I was like, I don't know if I should uh, keep putting them so high. I actually stopped doing rankings. I just felt like I was, I just felt like I was getting them wrong every time. But uh, man, you got me having faith in them again. Last thing I want to ask you here is, now playing in the league for, you know, as long as you have, 
who do you feel like might be the the best defender that you've gone against in this big three and that maybe someone should be uh, watching out for on the offensive end? Uh, I like I like Dominique Jones. You know, that's my guy played against the line from Detroit from oh, Killer yeah. Threes. Mm-hmm. I hit some tough shots on him, but he was playing some good D. So, you know, I, you know, he's been playing, you know, he's 15 year pro. So, you know, I think he's somebody, Jalen Johnson, somebody that I think could could dominate the league, give him more opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, you know, my boy Kevin Murphy got hurt. Yeah. I wanted to play, I wanted to play against him this year. But I yeah. mean, it's a you know, every, you know, every game is Every game is unique, you know what I'm saying? That three-on-three make it where you just can't really take no plays off and then the, bring the fire. The stuff that uh, – the things that's involved into the big three makes it real, like, intriguing to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got to – I said that was my last question, but I got a couple follow-ups on that because uh, I want to ask you about bringing the fire. Uh, you just said it's intriguing, but what's it like being, like, Man, it's corny, but in the fire, you know, like going yeah. one in that moment. No, it's like getting called out in front of the world. So That's it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> like it's like even like on both ends. Like when you like the defensive end has the advantage because they probably foul somebody, so they mad it's a foul. So they like bring the fire. Forget that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and then from the offense standpoint, like me when they did it on me the one time, my first thought was like, oh snap, I got a storm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, oh, this is about to be one-on-one. I'm going against Corey Brewer, who I was just talking trash to. No, nah, I got to score. You know what I'm saying? So when you realize you in it, it is like, hold up, this shit is crazy. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The whole so world is watching just YouTube. Like, it's not just yeah. like a recorded YouTube video. It's live and got to make some yeah. noise. Like, anything can happen right now. Like, I can fall. You know what I'm saying? He can rip the ball from me. Like, it's so much shit that can happen where you're like, hold up. This is really about to happen. All right, let's do it. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if this is similar, but I know that a lot of teams play ones, obviously, in practice. You guys play ones, I'm sure, a lot of the big three practices. But yeah. it's like now it's kind of like opening up the doors to everybody and being like, hey, come come watch watch this for a second. Yeah. yeah. Now the big – the big even getting fouled on the three and having to shoot a three for the free throw, that's like crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like all the stuff that about big three is real basketball though. Like they probably put a four point in there and all this shit making you think like that it's gimmicks, but it really ain't no gimmicks. Like yeah, don't just shoot a four pointer because it's there. You know what I'm saying? You got a risk really to it. Shoot it at the right time. Yeah, there's a lot of risk to some of the things. It's strategical more than people think. Like those bring the fires, those are challenges. You gotta you gotta make sure you use it at the right time. The four pointer, if you airball it off the backboard, that's easy points for the other team. I mean, yeah, yeah there's a there's a lot more that goes into it. And also, yeah. too, I just want to ask about the talent in this league right now. And that is, this will be my last question for you. But yes. the talent in this league right now, even from your couple of games last year, I mean, do you feel like and even from your times watching it, do you feel like this is the best? most talented league that the big three has put together in terms of, of guys in it? Yeah, I think, like, I think it is. But I think the first year, too, where it was, like, prior to talent level wasn't there, but it was, like, more established guys that was in the NBA for a long time. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of players that took it serious. 
So the mm-hmm. talent was probably down, but the seriousness of how they was playing was there. You know what I'm saying? Like when Corey yeah. McGetty and Stack and all of them, I remember just like the intense of it, intensity of it. But talent-wise, I do think, you know, it's getting better and better, but it's still, you know, that's why I say like a guy like Marshawn and Lou Will, you put them in it right now, it just make it where it legitimizes it even more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. So, but the talent is, is, is on its way to where it needs to be, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like where the league's growing. I like yeah. that you're in the league and you got a lot of faith in it and uh, you got a lot of ideas to help grow this. We'll see if you have a team next year, but I know the focus right now is getting enemies to a to a chip. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the time. Best of luck this week against Three's Company and I uh, hope you have a good time in Charlotte. Man, I appreciate it. You keep doing your thing, man. I'm following. Appreciate it, bro. All right. That was our interview with Enemies Jordan Crawford. Just want to say a big thank you to JC for coming on the show. I didn't mention this at the top, but we got a chance to meet Jordan in Miami. And I, I guess I did mention it throughout the interview, but he was a guy that gave me a lot of flowers. And even on the show did that as well. So just a big kudos to him. It's really cool to hear his perspective, just being open-minded and really not thinking of it so much as like, what the big three isn't, but more of like what he is. And I, I, that's kind of the thing that I, I want to piggyback on is that, yes, this is what you can bring to the table. Like there are a ton of guys out there not playing currently, or maybe that deserve a little bit more spotlight on a big stage that could add a lot to this league. Like these players are the ones making this league and Ice Cube's trying to provide that platform. Jeff Bonnet is trying to provide that platform. So, you know, Hopefully more more guys look at it kind of like Jordan does. But a big thank you to Jordan. Again, if you're not already, make sure you're following on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at 4th Man Pod. Make sure you're following on threads as well. Uh, Still trying to to figure that out. Uh, But we're active on there. We're active. Also, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, youtube.com slash 4th Man Pod. Make sure you subscribe, hit that notification bell. Added some shorts on there. Some of them you can see on our social media, but I got some different things coming where you're not going to be able to see it on that side. I might mention it on social media, but you're not going to be able to see the full thing. Make sure you're tuned in over there. And then a big thank you, as always, to Believe for providing us a platform to talk big three basketball. We greatly appreciate you guys, as always. And without further ado, hope everyone enjoys week seven in Charlotte. It's going to be a big one. But for now, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.